Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me ten times, won't get fooled again. You've done it ten times in a row, ten episodes of your very favorite podcast. It's the No Class Podcast with Eddie and your buddy Matt. Well, Matt, anything been going on lately? Well, you know, just got back from the Grand Canyon and had a great time. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's always a great place to go in the middle of the summer. Absolutely. I think it was really brilliant in that regard to go to the 112 degree Las Vegas. But you've you've been to Vegas before. You just went when it was cooler, right? Yeah, everything I do is cooler. Absolutely. So, you know, um, getting back, you know, it's exciting. Uh, talking about Long Con, you know, because you just said Long Con, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Brendan LaSalle is coming. And we've Who? just... Yeah, you know, Brendan LaSalle. Never heard of him. Works with Goodman Games guy? that oh. makes Dungeon Crawl Classics, Mutant Crawl Classics, X-Crawl. Um, but, yeah, he's, you know, one of the, the top guys there, and he's coming out to run some games at Long Con, and we've got his games posted now. So that's exciting. You can look and see what games he's running. One of them is an MCC module that he wrote that's doesn't. It's coming out in September, so it'll be brand new. It's called... <laughs> I'm setting you up. Thanks, buddy. Um, I, the name escapes me. I want to say, is it looking for future people? Looking for past people? I That's pretty I, close. It'll get yeah, you I mean, it's new, in the neighborhood. I won't lie. I mean, to say that I'm excited about, I w- you know, so we talk about, you know, it's like, man, it must be great having a con. Well, it is, and we're glad to do it. But, I mean, here's the downside is I want to play in every one of those games. And I can't because I'm helping run a damn con. Well, the one to me that sounds the most exciting is the DCC Experimental. What about yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, reading that, that sounded really neat. The blurb for that, just like your, yeah, it sounded really cool. So that one is just, you show up at the table and he'll make something happen. Well, but it's also player input. It's like you and he organically, right. it'll happen. That's kind of neat. You bring yourself and your dice. Yeah. You better be a good improvisational GM. Apparently he must be to do that. Well, that's kind of a good thing. That we won't get to sit in on any of the games, most likely, but we get to see some of the games. We can steal all here. his mojo. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be... Learn all of his tricks. All of his tricks and steal them. But, I mean, at NTRPG, I had a really good time doing that. Oh, absolutely. We talked about that before. Which, since you didn't jump on that segue that I threw out there, we we will give you the rumors and gossip right here. That we might not put on the Facebook or the con site or any of that. What? People are getting secret behind the curtains info? So, the gossip and rumor that we've got right now is we do have Dark Trail's David Beatty. Right on. He is trying to make it to the long con if he can get the vacation time. Yeah, if he can swing the vacation time, he's coming. And he'll be there and he'll be a special guest. Yeah. We are very excited about the chance that he's going to make it. Yes, indeed. We, yeah, very excited. He's another great GM. Super GM. Great guy, too. And I think I stole some tricks off him at NTRPG. There was a few things that I was like, you know, I should add that in. To the repertoire. That's that's pretty cool moves. One of the things about it, and just pimp his game for a little bit more, was the one that he ran for us was so straightforward and simple. And I mean that as a compliment. It's like yeah. it doesn't have to be convoluted. There doesn't have to be 35 pages of backstory. It's just this happened, and how do you respond? 
Well, and I think what he was doing, which is another testament to how good he is, he's doing kind of what I do a lot of sometimes. We've talked about our different GM styles and things. I'll show up at a con to run a game, and all my adventure really is is a bunch of bullet points that I basically kind of riff on and flesh out at the table as we're playing. And so he was running the game from his phone. He had notes in his phone for the game. This is something he hadn't really worked it up yet. It's like an, some ideas he's had. And so I thought, I mean, to think he ran what a game, which was one of the most fun games we played the whole weekend, and he was running it from his phone from some notes. I mean, that's, wow. Well, okay, let's just brag about me. Because yeah. I turned around and I ran it like two weeks later. From your memory. what I remembered of the bullet points. And it worked fantastic. And people had fun. Because that's all it is, is it's a fun game. Yeah. It's, it works good with the DCC system. And it's good, simple, honest American fun. Right on. Amen. <sighs> well, we're not to our topic yet, so I'll turn to the video game corner. Ah. So in the video game corner, I have recently finished both The God of War and Zelda's Breath of the Wild. Hmm. And I know, well, how about this? Which one of those have I recommended to you? God of War. Yeah, and that I've was heard, really good. I've heard really, some really good, good buzz from the nerdosphere about that, not just you. But as far as story, God of War is all over that, man. It's a great story. Highly, highly recommended again. Uh, the Breath of the Wild had a good story, but it's not quite as in your face. It's definitely one of those that it's like the main story is over here, but you can go do all these side quests and have a great time. And then eventually remember, oh yeah, there's an end game. Whereas God of War is pretty much pushing you on the main path the whole time. It's a lot more railroady if you want to use that yeah. sort of thing. There's side quests and everything. There's plenty to do. But the main mission is in your face a lot more the whole time. I, at least for me, I was a lot more involved in that story. Cool. But Breath of the Wild was also pretty good. A lot of people have talked about the weapon durability. Hmm. So... If you get this really cool weapon that you like, you're going to get it for about two combats and it's going to break. And once it breaks, it's done. You can't go and repair it. Kind of like Fallout, Uh where it's like, oh, this is my favorite gun, but I've got ten others kind of like it, so I could take all those parts and repair it. Mm -hmm. Once this is done, it's done. It's gone forever. That's There was another thing, and this kind of goes back to when we talk about Mm role-playing, is how is this adding to the fun? The game has weather conditions, which I know in a role-playing game, you're like, yeah, weather conditions, that fleshes it out, that adds, it makes it more dynamic. Yeah, uh, similitude. But in this, you'll have to sometimes climb from point A to point B. It'll start raining. You can't climb when it rains. Which game is this? Zelda, Breath uh, of the Wild. Yeah. So you sort of have to wait for the rain to stop in your game. Kind of like if you wanted to go outside and play, and you're like, oh, I can't do it right now, it's raining. Yeah. This, you can't play your game anymore because it's raining. Yeah, that's where I kind of go, all right, I appreciate you're trying to make it authentic, but that's not fun necessarily. Exactly. It's like the old UO days where it's like, I just splunked the dungeon, and you go to sell your stuff, and nope, the vendor won't buy the stuff from me because of the dynamic economy. And eh, I don't want your dynamic economy. I want to be able to sell my loot, but, you know. Still a good game. Breath of the Wild, still a good game. Still recommend it. Had a good time. Lots of exploration to do if that is your bag. I love exploring. Yeah, me too. Just going out and clearing out the map and seeing everything that's there. So, 
it was a good time and that's your video game minute and as far as me um, I just finished reading Roadside Picnic and uh, I can't think of the name of the brothers they're the Strogovsky brothers some Russian guys who wrote this back in the late 60s early 70s and uh, at that time it was still like you know Russia's the enemy and it took some years before the book got published here in the States but since then um, it's it's enjoyed a certain amount of popularity. In fact, uh, there was a movie called Stalker and a video game called Stalker. Mm-hmm. And those were based off of that book. Uh, and the book was really neat. The story, I, I just, I devoured the book. And I'm kind of a methodical reader. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I devoured this uh, on the on the plane ride to, uh, and waiting in at DFW, whatever. You know, oh, I mean, I just tore through that book loved it it's given me some really interesting ideas for the campaign i'm currently running uh, at my house kind of the mcc mutant crawl classic yeah well or with a e- bunch of other things mixed in even like american wastelands but the the premise and i'm trying i want to don't go too far with it but essentially uh aliens or some weird beings because they keep it really vague have visited earth and there were these like five sites where they visited well those air areas are so very dangerous that these various co- uh, countries have cordoned off those areas and like some of them were places that had been inhabited like towns or whatever where, oh, nope you gotta leave cleared out or whatever almost like mm-hmm. post Chernobyl but the the things that these aliens these beings have left behind are so beyond our conception that it's just so alien and weird and, uh, but anyway, so the government's being very methodical, you know, go figure and taking their time and we have to have a committee and red tape to explore this stuff. But there are people called stalkers that go in there and like sneak in at night, you know, and try to get around the military cordon, even though it's against the law to get caught to be in trouble and steal some of these alien artifacts. But over a long enough timeline, all these stalkers end up buying the farm because it's so very dangerous mm-hmm. there's one main character red who basically he's, he's the best you know and but and, then well anyway i'll leave no it spoilers. for i would highly suggest reading the book uh, it was just a phenomenal roadside picnic all right uh, sounds good yeah. well since we've gave you a book moment now let's give you a tv moment and i will say have you checked out my recommendation the boys on amazon i really am anxious to watch it again not just from you but i've heard a lot of good buzz on the internet about it i want to watch it i know just the clip you sent me where (laughs) he fought translucent which i like carl urban anyway i mean i don't know why but it's like carl urban but but anyway yeah no i def i'm gonna watch it i intend to watch it i will watch it all right the next time you hear this podcast Matt will probably have had it all watched and be ready to give you a report. My uh, nickel review is, I really enjoyed it. If you're looking for something along the lines of the Watchmen superhero thing, this is it. Lots of uh, high spots, ooh-la-la, surprises and shocks. Really, really good. And they've already got renewed for a second season, and they're filming a second one now. Cool. Because that's one of those things to me now, is I don't like to get invested in something when you're like, they're just going to end up canceling it. Punisher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed, out of all the Marvel shows, we both love the, the Punisher one. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Punisher quit. I heard something like that. I've heard all kind of conflicting rumors. You know? But they're talking about bringing a bunch of those Netflix Marvel shows over to 
the Disney Plus or whatever yeah. it's going to be. But apparently, the Punisher will not make the transition. Wait, I mean, typical, because that was the best one. Mm -hmm. Your mileage may vary, but I don't care. Well, we've done our long con promotion, I think. Have yeah. we covered everything with that? Um, I think so. I think we were going to talk about maybe the hotel to say we're doing really good with that. Yeah, things are going great with the hotel, and uh, we're really excited about that. Because like, like we always say, uh, uh, you know, the, the more that people step up, whatever, the more we can give back or we can do. So uh, we're talking at maybe having uh, like a, an extra coffee vendor. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and the guy, I, he's going to be running games too, which is kind of interesting. Um, we've got some great vendors lined up. Um, Richard LeBlanc has confirmed, which is exciting. Special guest from Red River RPG. Yeah. Um, you know, like we got, like we talked about Beatty. Hopefully, if he can get the vacation time, Brendan's coming. Um, you know, there's some friends of the con and people that, you know, we appreciate that, uh, um, you know, Jonathan Thompson's coming. He's Battlefield Press or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, you know. So with the, the Long Con out of the way, we can start digging into the next one, which is Long Con Spring. Yeah, we've already sold some tickets for Long Con Spring, and there's already some buzz. We're, we're kind of excited about that. So that might be news to you, but yes, you can run out and get your Long Con Spring badges now. And one of the cool things about that is we've always tried to do something for the first 50 people. You're the hardcore supporters. So this time for the first 50, the something new is you will get first crack at game signups. Yeah. You may, it may open one day before general admission, but that's going to be the special treat for you and the special, hey, come be one of these first 50 yeah. and show us that people want it. Get, getting a jump on being able to pick the games you want with the jams you want at the times you want to me I, if i was on the receiving end of that i'd be like oh, yeah i mean yeah so. for example you'd be able to get in all these brandon lasalle games right on first first dibs man so we'll see how it works for the uh long con spring i'm sure we will have some special games that will interest you okay. so if that's something you're thinking about, and since you're listening to this podcast, you probably are. Yeah. And if you have any of your board game friends, yeah, we are we're adding in board games. We're adding in board games. So anybody that you know who's like, eh, they're not so much a role player, but they love their board games. Well, yeah, let them know we're going to have board games this time at, in spring. One more thing that we're going to try out this time is telling you a little bit of a gaming story. So I've got one to tell Matt from a recent session and I think Matt's going to tell all of us one from a recent session that he's run so I'll turn it over to you right now Matt well just uh, you know I haven't really I don't think I've ran anything well I mean okay we have a game club where it's my turn so uh, haha supposedly I'm supposed to be you know running on those Thursdays but Eddie's a trooper and I've been out of pocket a few times and he's been covering me which is awesome um, but Anyway, uh, as far as running something other than my obligatory, uh, you know, game club games every Thursday, I've been running something at my at my house. It's a post-apocalyptic kind of Gonzo weird. There's it's kind of like, uh, uh, Thunder of the Barbarian. It's like post-apoc, but it's got some magic and fantasy elements and whatnot, all kind of blending it together. It's it's pretty wild. Um, but as far as running something outside of a home game or a, club game I haven't ran since NTRPG but with the opening of Geek World over in Tyler 
uh, I had decided to run a game that Saturday after the grand opening, you know, kind of celebrating the opening. And so I ran, uh, I brought Bloodbath at Allsville, which is my tournament mod out of retirement, and ran that for a bunch of great guys. Which is always popular. Oh, yeah, thanks. It's, I, and I have fun running it. But I had that, the, 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 the DCC faithful from Tyler, you know, showed up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, Skyler, Sean, uh, Ryan, and Tim. They're kind of the newer guys. Shane? Yeah, oh, Shane, that's right. Um, and, uh, but yeah, they, we had a blast. We had a lot of fun and, um, you know, that plays out different each time, uh, that I run it. Give me a fun story from this one. Well, you know, like at, at NTRPG, this is one time when instead of turning on each other at the end in the Thunderdome, the murder dome or whatever I call it, uh, that, you know, the one time that didn't happen was NTRPG, the group banded together to try to fight the bad guys that are there. But in the end, it comes down to one good guy and the main bad guy. And he goes, all right, I give, you know, but here at, over in Tyler, then initially they were going to like, all right, we're going to band together and fight the, the bad guys. I'm like, that's awesome. And, uh, they're going along pretty well. But then at one point, you know, one of the guys, Ryan, he sees where things are going and he pivots over and pow, you know, he takes somebody else out. And uh, uh, him and Nick kind of back and forth a little bit. But eventually, Ryan came out on top, you know, uh, as far as the last man standing. But Nick actually was the overall winner because he had the least, the most survive stamps. And he got a gift certificate. That's great. That's a good group of guys you got there. Oh, a great bunch. And we're excited because I think the majority of them are coming to to Long Con. They're fun to game with. Yeah. As always, we're going to pimp Geek World, but... Them having that new space. Oh, it's amazing. If you haven't checked it out, if you haven't checked them out since they were in the old space, you need to check them out now. It's awesome. Yeah, what an improvement. Not, don't get me wrong. I mean, we love marking them. The store's great. But you really, they can do so much more with this space because they've they wanted to do tabletop again. Now they have room for it, and they've got amazing tabletop you know, tables. The only, thing, the only bad thing I could have ever said about Geek World was it's too small. Yeah. And now they've been able to upgrade into a beautiful space so those guys are doing everything right it looks like yeah it's phenomenal so you had a story okay here's my story going back to the game you're supposed to be running (laughs) we're playing geez what is this isle of dread yeah the fifth edition iteration put out by goodman games and if you recall i think it was the first game that you ran that our mighty wizard Cody Ignis was gave us all nicknames. Do you remember that? Right, right, yeah. yeah. Now I'm going to put you on the spot and save the best one for the end. But do you remember the nicknames that he gave everybody? The, I think Gary was like strongman, which he's playing a paladin, so you know, strongman. Yeah. Um, oh, I think the the cleric who's like uh, half undead or something he called him ugly or something like that. No, there was only one really insulting one. Yeah. Um, oh, and then he, he was Probably like, like Helar or something. Some of these were like He-Man names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Helar. Helar or whatever. And I think he caught himself the Flamer or something. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, but then you get to my character. Yeah, and of course... The Drow Assassin. Let yeah. me throw that out there. The Drow Assassin. He decides that the Drow Assassin's nickname is going to be... Stinky or something. What was it? Nancy. Nancy. Oh, yeah. 
Okay. Which you always want to uh, antagonize the drow assassin who has a specialty in poisons or whatever. So there's been a lot of Smart. fun with that. Yeah. But little did they know, and little did I know, I guess, that a few games down the road, I was going to be GMing. Yeah. Oops. So in the previous session, they fought some saber-toothed tigers. So they killed these saber-toothed tigers, and they brought their bodies back into town. Mm-hmm. So as they're bringing these saber-toothed back into town, the villagers are pointing and making the gestures for, like, big, long saber-tooth and claws. And they're like, ah, the Nancy! Nancy! So the native word for saber-toothed tigers is Nancy. <laughs> so little did he know when he yeah. told them. The assassin was Nancy. He really meant a ferocious, a ferocious warrior out of the shadows. Right it all comes back around, but I thought you'd get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard this story. <laughs> yeah, it was great for Cody. He's like, I, you, you twisted it on me, and I was like, that's right. Hey, it's, it's clever. That's good. All right, so the entertaining portion of the show is now over. We're going to yeah. talk about our topic, and the topic for today is. Uh, like old school gaming insofar, like to kind of narrow the focus down, uh, like hard ass old grognard GMs, which applies to me. Okay, go ahead. Ha ha. But no, um, I guess what sparked this was I, I try to think of topics or something for the podcast, and uh, I end up, uh, you know, reading someone's Facebook post about, you know, yeah, I'm an old school grognard GM. And, uh, you know, when I run my game, you know, my word is law, you know, I'm, I'm God at the table. And, if, you know, if you don't like it, don't play in my game. And, and I'm not saying that every old grognard's like that, but it's almost, there is sort of that. So what do you think about that? I'm kind of mixed, uh, in that, you know, like you hear these horror stories about these old school draconian GMs that were real hard asses or whatever. And, were just sort of really, I mean, tortured their players. Um, it's not cool, you know. But then again, and see, I, luckily I haven't experienced this. Not that at least no one to my face. You're about to. But you hear on the internet, and you go to some of these forums, and you see these people that really have this kind of entitlement attitude, and they're really kind of, you know, oh, you killed my character, and, and they go in a corner and crawl up in a ball and cry or something, and you're like, Really? But I mean, um, I mean, as an example would be when when I first came up playing and uh, Gary was the GM or whatever, he was a tough GM. I'll say tough. I can't believe that. He's become such a pussycat now. Yeah. But the thing about it was I look back, if it was bad, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't have kept showing up and playing. So obviously it wasn't that bad. But the thing about having a GM that really didn't give you an inch and was kind of tough we'll say I think it made me a better player you know in the crucible it right on I ran the gauntlet if you will and so you know I mean uh, I kind of look at both sides on that you know like I said um, so yeah well, what about you What? how do you feel about it well I'll start with the very first thing is the GM the god at the table is his word law yeah well there you go that was like the first thing that you said was the old school grognard saying, "Here, when I'm the GM, whatever I say goes." And I agree with that. 
whatever the GM says. It doesn't have to be an old school grognard. It can be somebody that this is the first game they're ever running. But when they're in the GM seat, I will, I guess, whatever you want to say, relinquish my uh, control or I let I let them have the uh, control of the situation. Their word is law. Well, I mean, if they want to say this works like that, as long as it's not something blatant like now fireball shoots out water or something, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, as long as uh, I mean, re- respect is earned per per se, but uh, uh, but there should be a certain amount of respect extended to the game master at the table. I mean, I've always said that. Have you always said that? Has that always been something that you have said? Absolutely. All right. True story. I mean, I played with a lot of different cons with a lot of different game masters. And until they do something, like you said, where they're just a complete jack wagon. But also the thing was, it comes back from the old LG days. If people would try to dispute something, the, the, the GM or DM, whatever, did at the table, a lot of times cons would be like, hey, we don't want you alienating our GMs or they won't show up. And we won't be able to run a con anymore. A lot of times, they were if when they walked up to arbitrate, they were probably going to lean a little more towards their GMs, you know. But they would hear the story. And I, there's been if you think at uh, Living Greyhawk cons, there were times where one time yeah, we we said, hey, we want one of the organizers to come over, the over judges or whatever. This guy's being a complete nut job. He's about to kill our characters on some misinterpretation of a rule. So I mean, yeah, you know. But that was a last resort kind of thing. And there were some times where one time we pulled over for an art and they said we're gonna have to go with the gm on this and that was the time merrick was basically going to buy the farm but luckily the guy came back later in the concert you know, you're right i went and read that rule and i completely misinterpreted that and i go well we're away from the table now and he goes well i mean just we're gonna hand wave it you know but i mean yeah luckily it shows he was a nice guy but in the moment he got kind of irritated like well y'all trying to argue with me you know and and you know it works that way it's done you know, and we're like, whoa. But anyway. Yeah, some of that just gets into general jerk GM behavior, too. Yeah, and I mean, some people, like, yeah, they're just going to be there. I mean, like, I've I've said some at the table, and then a player would, would maybe politely say, well, what about X? And I think about it and might go, well, I just said that, and that sounds reasonable. Yeah, okay, you know, maybe. But, I mean, yeah, I don't like you – know, I've had people that try to tell me how to run a game at a table, and then it's like, all right, you're about to piss me off, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's a different thing. That's a whole nother topic. Oh, yeah. So, let's see. On the, I don't know, adversarial GM? Would you say that? Yeah, we, Just we, old school? Yeah, not necessarily. Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, because you hear stories about, like, we know a guy who's supposed to have played with the great and mighty, you know, Gygax. And that supposedly he said in, in the end, you would think, oh, it'd be this magical experience, and he's the guy who wrote the game or whatever. But it was kind of like he was just kind of, yep, you're dead, you know, whatever, and, you know, keep moving or whatever. And we've heard some of the other old-school guys. Like, we've had the benefit of playing with G- uh, Jim Ward, really super guy. We tra- traveled, what, 16 hours one way. Yeah, and he's got a reputation as a brutal yeah, GM. Yeah, like you walk in the room and, like, yep, stone block falls to the ceiling and kills you. And it's like, what? And it's like... Yo, you didn't say you look up, you know, or whatever. So, I mean, and that's, that's, I've heard that some of these old school guys, that that's how, you know, like they're kind of, they're kind of tough, you know. Well, one of the many questions I've asked is, was old school gaming really fun? Obviously, or I wouldn't be here right now, 
So, but how does it compare to gaming? So now? different, yeah. It's and it really, and that's all I love. There's probably young people out there that if they listen to us that are like, "Oh, come on, is it?" No, nah, man, it really was different back then. There was a lot more abuse, but I won't say like the GM took you out and whipped you, yeah. or he just verbally uh, yelled at you, cursed you out, sort of thing. But I mean, you had to be hardy stuff, hardy stock back then. Well, you have to think about this. Nowadays, you've got all these bells and whistles baked into the character. And for people that are not terribly imaginative but still want to play D&D, they can look at that and go, oh, well, I can do that. But back in the day when the game was more freeform and there weren't all these codified abilities or whatever, it really was about how clever a player you were and not about your character on the piece of paper. And so the thing was, if you were someone who was very creative or imaginative or, or smarter than your average bear your character performed better you know but I'm sure there's people who are like well I want to be you know well yeah you can be in there too play a fighter and swing your sword you know whatever but um, now there's all these bells and whistles and abilities and you know whatever that you can just go oh well I know what I can do I can do that you know well you'll probably agree with this one but that's one reason why I get attracted to zero level stuff now or Mm -hmm. things that don't have a class level so it's more of what can you do Mm -hmm. rather than what are your bells and whistles that that makes me think the the zero level tournament thing i ran at geek world a couple times one of the guys at the table is a is a very good gm and a game master for dcc type games and he's kind of looking at me like squinting a little bit almost like when i was letting people do a lot of stuff he's like you're letting them do that but as i said you don't have anything as a zero-level character. If, if you're thinking outside the box and you're trying to come up with creative ideas, I'm not going to stomp all over that. Yeah, man, we'll go with it. We'll let the dice decide. Yeah, we're having fun here. We're having fun here. You know? You're being creative. I'm going to reward that. Yeah, I love that. For that style of play, probably for that very same reason. You know, once again, some people shine more than others. Not to say that they're not a good person or good player or can't have fun, but some people are just going to... Some people are more creative than others. Yeah, and it just it is what it is. And I'll go back to DCC again for the deed die, for the warrior. That is the most amazing thing. I love it. And what's sad is you, it's so underutilized. Right. Well, this is one that I was thinking about uh, pitching to DCC or whatever is... Uh, for their little bookmarks that they come out with. Uh-huh. Maybe one of them could be a D20 of deed die things. Hey, if you can't come up with anything, roll on this table and maybe one of those 20 things is a cool, because I know you love your lists. That's a cool idea. And that would spark is. creativity there. Yeah. Well, and I'll give a prop to the Raven Crow King. And I can't think of his real name right now, but he's... he's Brendan Stark? No, no, no. But... <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, he did, it's on uh, DriveThruRPG, it's a booklet of all these different cool ideas for tricks you can do for, for deed dies if you can't think of them on your own. But I've talked about before, like, whereas 3.5 to me was so codified, we talked about Ian codified, that's like you can only do these feats, these cool fighter tricks if you have a special feat. Well, well no, if you're a fighter, you should be able to shield bash or trip or disarm. That's That should be part of your bag of tricks, your, your repertoire. But to say that if you don't have the special feat for that, you can't do it, that's stifling. That's that's uh, taking away creativity and doing something more than just, I swing, 
I swing. What are you going to do this time, fighter? Wait for it. I swing. You know, whereas in DCC, if you're creative, you're like, oh, this round I'm going to try to disarm the guy. Well, now I'm going to try to kick sand in his face. Well, now I'm going to try to trip him. Well, now I'm going to bull rush him. Well, now I'm going to try to, you know, do a special maneuver to increase how hard it is to hit me. You can do all that via the deed die. If you're creative, you can play a really fun, interesting warrior. And if you're not creative, there is no shame in writing down that list of 20, 50 different things that you could do yeah. and give yourself a few pointers along the way. And, and even if you have a round where you're like, I don't want to do anything special, the beauty of the deed die is it's a bonus to hit and damage. So, I mean, it's still kind of nifty to set the, the fodder apart, make him unique or special. So, anyway. But, yeah. It's great. It allows for creativity for a fighter for once. You know. Well, I we've said it a million times, so I'll just say it again, that I consider myself more of an old school game master that I probably am draconic in some of that stuff that I do. I am a little bit more rigid or whatever. And there's people that could listen to this and go, I would never want to play with that dude. But not everybody likes the same thing. Yeah. Not everybody runs the same game. But, you know, I've always said, I don't mind hard if it's fair. Exactly. You might be hard, but you're definitely fair. I'm about the challenge. You're, and I've never thought of you as an adversarial GM, other than you play at it sometimes, you know, but you're not really. But I appreciate a challenge. That's what I'm saying. Well, as a player, I, I, I love a challenge, definitely. I don't want a cakewalk. That, and I've had players in campaigns in the past go, could you pull back a little bit? I mean, our characters are always under the gun. And I'm like, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. But me, I, I want a game where I'm, I want to be challenged. But the player's like, well, sometimes we want the things to just work out right, or we want that time we just mow over the opposition. Well, I will and, say um, that I don't know if I was one of those whiners at the time, but I definitely agree with it. There should be some cakewalks. Oh, sure. There should be a few times when you get your swag. Yeah. Hero, that, you know? hey, you are somebody. You are. Yeah. You can put the boots down. Yeah. I mean, if you only ever barely squeak out a win, it starts going like, are we heroes? You know? Yeah. So I know I see that. I mean, even. You I've, always scrape by by the skin the years, of your teeth. You, know, you learn. I mean, uh, Gary, we're talking about certain adventures that start out with you already being a prisoner. And I was like, some people aren't going to like that. But that's an old trope. That's an old chestnut. And the thing where um, or we were talking about an adventure recently, I read that I was going to run. And I thought, I don't think I'm going to run it. Because part of it's got like, you can be mind controlled. And maybe be at the whole combat, you're beating on your buddies or whatever. That's not fun for some people. Yeah, know? it's For some people, it's way too much fun. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're talking about like old school things that were kind of glad fell to the wayside. Like, for instance... Back in the early days of D&D, there was a lot of resource management and mapping. Ooh. And see, yeah, for a guy who calls himself old Which, school. exactly. But you don't like resource management and you don't like the whole mapping thing. Does it add to the fun? There you go. For you, no. If But if you enjoy it, so I'll give Garrett a shout out. He was playing with us the other night and we're playing an old school mod. And you've got, like me, I think I'm an old school type GM. He whipped out the graph paper and started making a map. Yeah, and for when it was dungeon crawls, absolutely. I mean, you almost had to do that. And it's fun in limited amounts. Like, yeah. I did it back in the day. I had a good time with it, and now I'm done with it. Yeah. But if you enjoy it, I'm happy to tell you it's a 20-foot corridor that leads 40 feet back into a darkened shaft and then into a 30 by 30 chamber, and you can make all the maps you want. I'm happy for you. If you're having a good time, but I'm not going to impose that on you. 
Right. If nobody wants to do it, I'm not going to be like, nobody here's the map maker. Somebody's got to do it. No, you don't. You're fine. And we've talked about trying to keep things more free form and theater of the mind in recent years because in the end, sometimes I, some people get a lot out of that. But to a certain degree, it can be an impediment because there's one time where I thought this combat's going to be so quick, especially when I get here, I am touting DCC, but it's, it's an old school. It's more fluid. It's quicker. I mean, combats are pretty quick. As a general rule, by the time I would stop, draw out the area where the combat's going to happen, pull out the miniatures to represent the monsters and the players. Which this is another thing I hate, folks. The combat would have been over, you know. So I was like, let's just jump into it. I'll try to be very uh, evocative and give a good description of what's going on. You get get in that headspace, and and you tell me what you're doing. And yeah, I mean, one guy I did so well with this recently that at the end of it, at the night, he goes, "Hey, wait a minute, you know." You did theater of the mind on us. Like he, and he was so in the moment enjoying it, he didn't even stop to think that I didn't use a map and I didn't use miniatures and all that stuff. You know, not them saying there's something wrong with that. If you like miniatures and you like maps, I used them for years and I still may do it some more. But older I get, I don't think it's just old man stuff. But maybe it is. Yeah, it is. But it just it's less crap you have to lug around exactly and, and but sometimes it really like i said it, it, in certain instances it, it would slow the game down and i've been told i run a high energy game i want to keep that energy that momentum going i don't want to slow things down you know exactly because that's me and we run a lot of road games we're carrying our crap around <laughs> so many times so i'm as lean and mean as i possibly can with my gear that i'm taking with me yeah like I said, I've got the big tool chest, but that's really more when I go to cons. Like, if I'm going to just run a game down the road. At Geek World? Like at Geek World? Eh, well, okay, I did drag all that crap that time, too. But anyway, whatever. But you notice so I bought a damn tool, rolling tool chest to carry it in. But I think I've got a lot of our group primed for that theater of their mind now because I've been doing it a lot, and it comes down to trust. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know that these enemies are not going to magically teleport and appear right beside the wizard and screw you guys over every time I'm giving you the advantage in the combat yeah. most of the time that these enemies are positioned where you'd like them to be at yeah. you're seasoned adventurers you fought together before we know you're not going to leave the wizard you're going to put him right in the middle he's protected someone has to take an op an opportunity to take to get to the wizard you know but that's if you have that like you said trust the GM's not going to you know do that crap and I hate having to stop and draw the map because, like you said, you're trying to keep it high energy, and a lot of times I'm trying to keep the tension up. Yeah. I want the suspense to be there, to be like, oh, man, things are about to hit the fan. Yeah. And if you have to go, all right, everybody take a 10-minute break while I draw out this really intricate map. And that's where a lot of times I'll just go, here, it kind of looks like this. It's a 30 by 30 or whatever. This is by no means helping your immersion on the battle mat, but hopefully you've got that immersion in your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's like you said, sometimes like there's that one person like, I'm not quite getting what you're saying. I'll take a piece of paper and draw like a quick, a quick little picture. I'd be like, now do you understand? Oh yeah. Okay. I get the shape you're talking about. Or and if it's going to be a complex battle, yeah. like there's five of these and 10 of those and two of these, and these are going to fly they're around. They're up on a ledge and these guys are in the water. There are definitely times when it pays to have them. So I will always bring my battle mat. And sometimes if I just need to draw a diagram, like this is what you see on the wall. I'll write that sort of thing on there. Or this is what the area looks like, and these D6s are the bad guys. And we've gotten slick before where we'll buy one of those big pads of, of uh, graph paper 
Yeah, that's what I do. Off Depot and draw them out ahead of time. And that way, when that combat happens, all of a sudden you go, you just flourish and pull it out and go, all right, good. I already have this pre-drawn, so there's no delay. You know? Yeah, I'm looking right over here at, I drew the whole book of maps for Keep on the Borderlands. So I had every single one. I had no idea where they were going. So I just drew out like, I don't know, 30 maps. But that's how much I hate to draw in the moment. I don't want to slow down the game. I don't want to waste your time. You only have so much gaming time as it is. Yeah, three to four hours typically. So make the most of it. Yeah, I want you to get the most out of your time. I was thinking like whenever, uh, like Beatty ran for us, did we have any maps? Nope. And I don't even know if we did... Hey, put your guy, put some dice down to show where you are. I don't think we even did that. But every one of the set pieces, I had no problem visualizing where we're at, what we're doing. Like I could see that corral with the path up the middle through my mind's eye, led into the. Yeah, it was wonderfully descriptive. Yeah, I mean, but 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 without being verbose. I mean, yeah, really, because we've talked about that before. I am the kind of person that if I write a description, it'll probably be thirteen pages. But I don't like that as a player. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I write it with a lot of that. But yeah. as a player, I'm like, give me a line or two. I've already got a picture in my mind. And you talk about being creative and less creative, this and that and the other. Maybe you need 13 pages to show you exactly what this room looks like. I've already got a room in my mind. Don't trample on what yeah. I'm imagining. I'm good. I'm good with mine. And, and I used to always say, a person's going to run the kind of game they want to play, but as time marches on, I'm starting to edit. Maybe that's not the case. Isn't that funny? Do you run the game that you'd want to play? I think I do. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm very curious about that. The best example that I can come up with, or the person that runs the game closest to me, I think is Gary. Yeah, well, I could. Y- y'all guys have co-ran before, and y'all were peas in a pod. We've tried to share There's, run a game, and he was at my throat uh, by then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Me and Matt do have a psychic link. Yeah, definitely. and a lot of times, if he's got an idea for a module, I'll have had that same idea, or like, hey, I'm thinking post-apocalyptic right now. Hey, me too. Or at one point, I, I said, hey, I've been working on a sandbox for the last few months, and he goes, dude, I was just about to roll out a sandbox. I mean, it's just uncanny. That we're on a wavelength, but as far as gaming styles, well, diametrically different. Running maybe. games. If running you talk games. about playing games, a lot yeah. of times me and Matt can sit at the table too and just give each other that little look. Innuendo. And there's the whole plan. Yeah, we've got it laid out. Yeah, we're, we're ready we to said, go, and we already know we're on we're on task. You no, know, so we play well together. Obviously, we run a con together in this podcast. But as far as DM styles, I won't diametrically opposite, but. But definitely, we run a different kind of game. And so trying to share a game, like I said, yeah, like you said, he enjoys Gary's games. Well, him and Gary have been able to run. Well, I enjoy game. your games. Well, you thank you. But I yeah. feel like um, I'll mess up the analogy, but luckily you're here to fix it. The, uh, what is it, type O where you're the universal taker? Donor. Donor. Uh-huh. What's the AB where you're the universal the, taker? Yeah, you can so have, yeah. I'm kind of the AB here. I'm the universal taker of games. I like this style and I like that style and I'm okay if you want to play this, if you want to play that. But when I run my game, it's going to be more like this. And I've always liked kind of the lamentation stuff where I'm like, I wouldn't run that for my friends. That's too brutal. Yeah. But that's kind of the stuff that I would be looking for of like, dude, throw a freaking challenge out here. Yeah, bring the pain. Make it where I can say, I survived that dungeon, I'm somebody. It went years ago when we... First, I went into RPG. We got to play Lamentations, and it was fun, but it was brutal. I lost, what, three characters in that adventure, I think. Yeah. But I had a blast. But then that's what, segueing back into, like, 
tough GMs, you, you know, you, I'm always worried nowadays because people are portrayed, especially, and then I'm not saying it's genuine or this, but like people, younger people and millennials are supposed to be this or that or whatever they're supposed to be. I, I don't buy into all that. But I worry about, you know, someone going to be butthurt if their character dies or, or and whatever. And some people will. Some people will. And some people are like, it's a game and I'm having fun and let's keep on trucking. But that's you one know? thing I've said about the DCC people. They buy into that a lot more. They're the ones that are like, I'm going to roll up a new character instead of, I'm never playing again. I can't believe you killed my character. One of the first DCC games I ran a funnel over in Shreveport one of the players, when I and he's got his four up, and I thought I pretty much explained how this worked, but when he lost that first character, oh, he sold up. You could see it. And I went, and I kind of paused and said, you see you've got four characters in front of you. This this zero-level thing, it's called a funnel, actually, and that's when I started calling them meat grinders. But I said, don't be upset that you lost that first of four characters. You may lose that whole sheet. You may go to a second and a third sheet. Just I want you to be mentally prepared for that because I saw it was just – kind of like oh, you killed my character and i'm like dude you apparently didn't read the label on the can you know mm-hmm. but anyway yeah but, but he's the exception not the rule you know most people have been cool and hell like caesar I, he might be a little bit of a masochist he loves funnels man but it's caesar's i awesome. want to say uh nick over there was uh, like that too nick and tyler oh yeah Nick's, Nick's he just funny. loves to get torn up yeah. Through the funnels. Yeah. They're b- both great players and great guys. But the other odd thing about with this like old school thing is Matt's been running games forever. So he should be the oldest of old schools. And I haven't been running anywhere nearly as long. So, mm-hmm. but that's just how it is. Maybe, maybe there's evolution occurring. Maybe I will change and blossom into a butterfly, but Who I'm going to stay as a moth for right now. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, all right. Well, just finishing up because I think we went a little long this time. We're um, looking for questions, topics, kudos, suggestions, complaints, you know, etc. Um, send them to us via email at wait for this no class RPG podcast. It's all one word at gmail.com. And if we use your stuff on the podcast, you'll be entitled to a kick in the taint. That's not much of a motivation. Now, can you think of something better? kick in the face i like it it is better i mean i don't think we can kick that high you or i but you know well what defines being used on the show well yeah i mean like if someone goes hey you know, here's a cool topic and we go that is a brilliant topic and we use it but what if we already had that topic well then we won't use it so now we can't use the topic because somebody else suggested it well we can use it we just won't give them any props mm. <laughs> no but Seriously, um, yeah, I mean, if, if we use it, then we'll go, hey, here's a great idea sent in by George Polowatsky. You know, George, we appreciate you. You're well, better than sliced bread. The other thing is, we'll be happy to take your comments. Absolutely. If you say, hey, why don't you guys talk about this, or this is my opinion. I thought Eddie was a much better GM because I like being crushed into the dirt. Yeah. Or if you're like, I think, you know, old school Grognard GMs are the best. We'll be like, okay, that's cool, you know. Yeah, especially since I identify as such. Right on. Yeah. Born in the wrong generation. Definitely give us some feedback of what we're trying to say here. You know, you can say, you guys suck and I wish you'd quit doing this. And we'll be like, well, okay. Yeah. yeah you can definitely tell us to stop. Definitely. We're taking you constructive criticisms yeah. to heart. We got thick skin. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. So as uh, Matt said, you can hit us up on the Gmail. You can hit us up on the long con Facebook because we haven't really said, hey, let's make another one. This is a tool for the con, so it is what it is, but you're free to hit us up on the Shameless. long con. Shameless. 
Dallas. And I'm trying to think if there's anywhere else. You can always uh, catch Matt running the streets of Longview and pull him over and shoot out his tires and <laughs> please do whatever do. you need to do. Right on. All right. All right. Well, we've chatted enough to you today. Hopefully, we'll have another episode out to you. We're trying to do these on alternating Thursdays, but with our luck, we may not have another one of these out before the long con. Yeah. But we'll probably get a couple more in. Right on. All right. I think that's it for us. Later, traders. It was good.